This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back. I am Dale Lally. He is Matt Williamson, and uh, this is The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. And uh, Matt, uh, Matt Miller, whose work we've already referenced in today's show, mm-hmm. put out a little list here, and I think you sent me something similar to this uh, a couple months ago, or maybe a month ago, of uh, the linebackers take it in the first round. Oh, yeah. Since I the 2015 the draft. months ago. And Miller titled, he, he, this was a tweet that he put out. He said, for all the, do- the don't draft running back in the first round talk, not drafting a linebacker might be a better conversation. Absolutely. Because the first round running backs usually hit. They're at least good players. They may not be worth the money and you could opportunity cost and all those they things. They very rarely just bomb. You know, right. They're, not, they're the good Trent, football players. Trent, the Trent Richardsons are very few and far between. Without question. Yeah, I wrote this article halfway through the season, or maybe even earlier, and it wasn't excusing Bush, but it was also explaining that this is not unique. It's not a science drafting linebackers in the first round because, again, you much like cornerbacks, and maybe even more so than cornerbacks, um, these guys are going to be asked to do things at the NFL level they just weren't asked to do in college. I think the mental side of it is much harder than people realize. I would completely agree, 100%. So just looking back at the linebackers drafted here, uh, we'll start at the at the bottom of 2015. Uh, Stephen Anthony at 31. So 2015, you said? Yeah. Oh, that's bad. You can go back even further from what I remember. I'm trying to find my old article. but Yeah, but these are guys that should still be in the league. Yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, guys 2015, they should still be. They should be in their prime. Uh, 2016 was Deron Lee at 20. Yuck. No bad. Real bad. Uh, 2017 was Reuben Foster at 31. People, you know, he was a, it's considered a top 10 talent, but he had some off-field stuff. He had and massive off so He kind of is a, he's almost, you can put him to the side a little, but still. Uh, Gerard Davis at 21. I think he's still in the league, but I. He's just a guy. Barely. Yeah. barely. 2018 draft. Now, remember, this is when the Steelers were looking to replace uh, Ryan Shazier. Mm-hmm. Roquan Smith went at eight. Obviously, that's that's a hit. It so is, but his first couple of years were not were not good, and he's and he's changed teams. And he's changed teams. It took a while. Uh, at sixteen was Tremaine Edmonds, and he's he's taken a while too. Yeah, until this last season, he would you know people in Buffalo were complaining about him. Mm-hmm. At nineteen was Leighton Vander Esch. He's had a decent year this past year, but he's had a lot of downtime too. Yeah. And then 22 is Rashawn Evans. Right. I mean, he's still a free agent as we speak right now. Yeah. And nobody nobody wants it. About to go on his third team. Yeah. In 2019, Devin White went fifth. And there are people out there who still think that Devin White is some kind of stud player. And right. I, I'm, t- I'm here to tell you, folks, that is not the case. It's he has not been worth the fifth pick in the draft. I can promise you that his splashes are good. He is an amazing athlete, but he is very unpredictable and hard to count on. In fact, I, you know, when I was looking up 
uh, you know, some information on the Steelers, the inside linebackers that the Steelers uh, signed in free agency. Um, I was shocked, you know, and again, it's, it's you know, pro football focuses grades are, are, you know, they are what they yeah, are. They are what they are. Right, right. But, you know, if you look at Devin White's grades, yuck. <laughs> no, really? They're low I mean, they're way, way, way down the list in terms of his coverage grades and things like that. Like Levante David's, their number three inside linebacker, off-ball linebacker. Mm-hmm. He had a grade of 85.1. Um, looking here, where and is... The opposite, despite playing the same defense. In the same defense. I'm looking here. I'm still going. I'm at 45, 46. Uh, just past Jamin Davis there, 40, uh, Eric Kendricks, 50. He's not in the top 50. Let me see here. Rashawn Evans was at 52. Devin Bush was at 54. Uh, Landon Roberts at 63. Miles Jack at 65. Jordan Brooks at 68. Robert Spillane at 69. Wow. Devin Lloyd at 72. And there's Devin White down at number 74. Wow. I mean, now I don't think he's a 74th best linebacker on the planet, but... Not That's what Pro Football Focus graded him as last year. So, and I'm sure it was the same guy grading David as it was White, and he couldn't have fallen into a cushier situation. You know, you have right. an all-time great next to you coaching you up, and Vita Vea and Sue and some of those dudes protecting him for most of his career. Like that's a pretty cushy job. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, the only the so he, I think he got a 36.7 run grade. Which is bad, a yeah, forty nine point one pass grade, co- pass coverage grade, which is bad. Real and bad. the only area where he was above average was at pass rush. Okay, is it, yeah, I mean, so, I, I get that. he is a good pass rusher, but that's not the mental side of it. That's not the recognition stuff. You know? Yeah, that's just go get the quarterback. That's Kendrell mm-hmm. Bell stuff. Right, right, right. Go get the go get the ball. Um, so you know the, the people's well, the Steelers should have taken Devin White. Well, first of all, they couldn't take Devin White. Because to trade up to number five probably would have cost him two first round draft picks, and you'd still be unhappy about it, folks. And you, yeah, you would still not be super happy about it. Um, yeah. So again, I, I don't know that you know if, if, if apples to apples, if you give Tampa Bay the opportunity, hey, you, you can either you know go ahead and and, and keep uh, Levante David, or you can give uh, Devin Devin White a new contract. They'd probably, you know, if you gave him true serum, they'd want to keep Levante David. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he were yeah, a younger I player. Even, I don't know that you invest in White long term. Yeah. And maybe he goes somewhere. That's the this is the problem with that position. Maybe he goes somewhere else and becomes a star. Right. I mean, finally like tight gets end, it. Historically. You yeah. Know, they take a while and then you get them on their second contract and they're starting to get it, you know. Yeah. Twenty twenty draft. This Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah Simmons went number eight overall. Yeah. Kenneth Murray went 23. The aforementioned Jordan Brooks went 27th, and then Patrick Queen went 28th. It's a bad group for four first-round linebackers. Queen still could save himself. Brooks has been injured and has done some good things. Murray's been a bust. And Simmons, I kind of blame the Cardinals because they couldn't figure out Reddick. They can't figure out Zayvon Collins. They can't figure out Isaiah Simmons, you know, like <laughs> maybe that's them, not, us. you know, like maybe it's you, not me. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. What's well, funny. But, you mentioned Zayvon Collins because he was I the 16th that, pick yeah. in the 2021 draft. 
So the, the Cardinals went off-ball linebackers in back-to-back drafts. I know. That are kind of freaky, do-it-all dudes, but they're not using them right either. Back to Simmons, he's a slot corner for them right now. Right. Right. And then uh, Jamin Davis went 19. He's starting to show a little promise, but that's, what, year three for him now? Yeah. Um, well, this be uh, this is going to be year three for him. This will be year three. He's had this two will, of them. Yeah, two. And then last year was Devin Lloyd and Quay Walker. Mm-hmm. Lloyd started very strong. The second half of the year was much worse. Once you know, once the team start to realize what you can't do, right? He bites you know, on this kind of play action a lot. Yeah, you start getting manipulated a little bit. You know, because you remember after his, after his rookie year, people were raving about Patrick Queen. Oh, look at all these plays he's making! What a great, what a steal the Ravens got at twenty eight. Mm. Now I he's just he a, a white to him. Just a guy. Just a guy. I mean, clearly not the player Roquan is. He runs well. I, I, I mentioned Devin White with him. I think White's more explosive, more athletic, but their highlight tape real stuff is impressive. You know, they can really run, and you know, they, but the mental side and the down to down aspect of it isn't great. So yeah, it's it's just interesting to to look at that and say, okay, I I I think we both come to kind of came to the realization that. <clears throat> You don't take an, an inside linebacker, an off-ball linebacker, in the first round. No, I, I mean, bet, unless different. he's unless he is just super special. I'd say if he's Nolan Smith or Micah Parsons, or you know, I mean, like he's an off-ball linebacker plus. Uh, you know, I, I something know else. Yeah, he's got yeah, he's yeah. got a he's got a trait like every you know. If you remember, like when Isaiah Simmons came out, well, mm-hmm. what is he? Because Clemson played him at safety, they played him at linebacker. He, you know, he was in the slot. What is he? Miles you, don't fig- you don't want to figure yeah. that out at the NFL level. He better have something that he can do to get on the field early. It's kind he, of the same thing with Zayvon Collins, for that matter. Right. I what mean, is he? Is he an edge? Is he an inside guy? He played right. at a small school. He did all this stuff. Well, yeah, but it was a small school stuff. And, and people spin it in a positive way. Isaiah Simmons can play single high safety. Okay, uh, against Pitt and Wake Forest, he can. Uh, you know, Miles Jack. Yeah, when Jamar lady. Chase is racing down the field, I don't know that I want him back there. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, I'm not picking on Miles Jack because I looked at it a positive too, but he's out there covering true slot receivers. Okay, you know, for 10 snaps a game against Washington State or whatever, he's still athletic enough to do that. Is he going to guard Wes Welker? No. You know, and – a lot of these jack-of-all-trades, masters of none, as you said, you have to have a foundation. You know, like, on first and 10 in your base defense, where are you lining up? And if you're not good enough for any of those spots, it's hard to get you on the field. Right. You know, you, you have to be able to do something. You have to have some kind of trump card that you can fall back on. Yeah. I mean, you have to have the mortar, the brick and mortar. Yeah. Uh, changing things up here a little bit, Matt. Uh, we hadn't gotten to see... Devin Witherspoon work out at all this offseason. Oh, right. uh, he did it his pro day today. Mm, and this according to NFL.com uh, and Daniel Jeremiah, he was timed at 446 and 442 in the 40. Fine by me. I don't know the history of Illinois track, but even if that's half a second slower than reality or faster than reality, I'm fine with that. I mean, he's not the biggest guy in the world. Um I love his play temperament. He really plays aggressively, um, sticks in the hip pocket of guys, can play the slot, but more of an outside dude. 
I was torn between him and Gonzalez as my favorite corner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to me, the more and more I look at it, based on what the Steelers have done this offseason, the corner I draft um, better be able to play the slot. Hmm. If he if he can't play the slot, then then I got to draft maybe a safety later that can play the slot. Yeah, or somebody I got to take somebody later in the in the draft who can who can you know can at least compete with Arthur Millette for the slot job. Mm-hmm. By the way, even if that's Tomlinson in the fourth round or something after you've already drafted. See, back. here's the so uh, looking up Tomlinson stats, he's never played the slot. He hasn't. I just no. Kind of he was okay. he was like strictly an outside guy. Now that doesn't mean he can't do it. Mm-hmm. But I don't want sure. a little guy playing the slot. I don't want a tiny guy there either. No. I want some somebody better be at least like five eleven at the shortest, mm-hmm. and you know one hundred and ninety pounds to be in my slot. Because you're gonna be yep, you're gonna see Joe Mixon coming around the corner. You're gonna see you know oh, Nick sure. Chubb coming around the corner. You're gonna so, have to take those guys on. If we really peel through the tea leaves, do they think Peterson can play the slot? See, that I don't know. You know, they telling us that, that that's more than just a hunch, that they think he can be their version of the slot? I mean, I think there are certain teams that you could do that against. Like when you're playing Baltimore, maybe you want to put Patrick Peterson in the slot. You're guarding Mark. You got Mark Andrews. Mm -hmm. Because he can run with him pretty, pretty easily. Sure, sure. But, but do I want him in there against a smaller guy? Maybe right, not. Right. Or do I want yeah. him in there consistently, again, tackling Nick Chubb? Maybe right. not. So I'm just trying to think as they think. You know, I mean, that even though Kevin's gone, they've really done a good job of they can line up with their starters today. I mean, they could field a team today. You know, they're, of course, they're going to fill in a lot of gaps. And I don't see the only position where I'm not sure that they can is slot on either side of the ball. Right. So do they think there's an in-house answer be, that we just don't recognize yet? See, I, I don't see that Mike Hilton waiting or anything like that. No. See, Mike Hilton, when, when when Mike Hilton did it, the year he came out of nowhere, he's, he's, that came out of nowhere in the spring. I think their their initial plan was to use Cam Sutton in the slot. And then all and of a sudden, Mike yeah. Hilton emerged. Actually, if you remember, they had drafted Sanquez Golson to play the slot. Right. And he right. kept getting hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, opened the door for Hilton. And- it opened the door for, for Hilton, uh, who just you know got his hands on the ball consistently throughout the offseason pro- you know, programs, throughout training camp. And they said, oh, we got a, we got a guy here. We're going to try him in the slot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't I know if there's think- that guy on the roster right now. I do think Minka and KZ are going are part of that solution, though. That's you know part of the solution is uh, is fine, but I'd much rather have a guy who I can just say you're my slot, you're my starting slot. Yeah, it's a starter. Yeah, and and you know if he's a safety who can go back and play deep safety, and I can I can put Minka up there, and we break the huddle, the the offense doesn't know where Minka's going to line up at. All the better. That was the beauty of Cam Sutton. They did that with Cam Sutton last year. Good point. Yeah. Even after the Neal signing, I feel stronger and stronger that they're going to draft two defensive backs. Yeah. I mean, one of them could be a strong safety and one could be an outside corner and neither one's your slot. One could be Branch, who's all the above. You know, like 
I think they'll add two pieces to the secondary that aren't seventh round picks, you know, that are reasonably high picks. Yeah, it's just a matter, you know, I know, for example, so when they went to Iowa State, um, everybody assumed that they were looking, they were there to look at Will McDonald. Well, Mike Tomlin mm-hmm. spent a lot of time with Xavier Hutchinson. But right. Anthony, Anthony Johnson Jr. also, there is a safety for them, played a lot of slot. Played a lot of slot. Is a, is a cornerback who shifted to safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's a six foot, 205 pound safety now, but he played in the slot. So if you pull up anyone's top 10 safety ranks, top 15, whatever, a very high percentage of them are doing slot work. You know, like, right. I don't love Antonio Johnson, but he lined up in the slot a lot as a big safety, you know, like Edmonds did. You know, right. so it it probably comes in the form of a safety. You know, when it, when they go to the podium with the fourth round, with pick number 92, the Steelers select safety, blah, 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 blah. They might. We, people might not realize that's you're going to, he's got, that guy's going to have some slot work in his background. I'm sure of it. I mean, I'm almost certain of it, especially Whether, if you, you know, even if you take a, a, let's say you take a Joey Porter jr. Or Deontay banks early in the draft, mm-hmm. you're still going to need a slot. You're still not done. Right. right. Yeah. And, and that guy's take, probably going to be, he's probably going to go to your safety room. Probably go to the safety room, but we'll spend a lot of time covering slot receivers. That's just the way, you know, again, uh, I think that's the way the league goes. That's that's why, for example, um, you know, I'm, when the Steelers still have Mike Hilton, and even to a certain degree with Mar- when they had, when they, you know, with Arthur Millett and Cam Sutton, when Cam Sutton would bump inside would be on when it was third and six or longer. Right, right, right. Otherwise, Millett or, or Hilton were in there because, well, they're going to, they're going to throw they're you know, there's a chance they could still run the ball here. And you kind of mentioned that this was Sutton and others. And I'm not picking on Hilton because he's not in town because the same is true with Millette. There's really only one spot on the defense they can, when they break the huddle, they can go to. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sutton. Because you don't want the them, and, and you don't want them running 20 yards downfield. No. It's not like, oh, he's going to fool you up and play free safety the snap or go to the outside corner and line up against T. Higgins. I mean, if he's on the field, he's going to be your slot for Millette and Hilton, you know. Yeah, so uh, to me, I think that's kind of an under, it, it, you know, it's it's a spot that, to me that's kind of undervalued, I think, right now in terms of Steeler draft needs. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it, honestly, it's the only starting spot that isn't answered this second. Yeah, no, I think Millette helps fill that role, but I don't think he's the yeah. only guy you want filling that role. I mean, I give Millette a 70% chance of making the team. Yeah. You know, let alone... You know, being the number one option there, but you can live with it. I mean, I guess. Right. Yeah. I'm kind of talking on both sides of my mouth. You could line up with, with Millette as your slot right now uh, in week one. We've seen so, that. So that I'm brings gonna... me, Matt, then to the, uh, to our final thing here. Uh, ESPN listed the top five draft needs. I've referenced it earlier in the show. Mm, um, yeah. And their top needs for the Steelers, um, right tackle. Work, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Right tackle. Right tackle is not a need. No, I don't see it as a need at all. Wide receiver. Call it OT, I would understand, but right, right tackle, no. I'm assuming they listed these in order as well. Right tackle, wide receiver, inside linebacker, cornerback, nickelback. I give them all the credit in the world for recognizing nickelback. Yeah. We just talked about that. Um, I disagree with a lot of the others. Defensive I mean, line's got to be on there somewhere. Right. It just has I'm, to be because of the age of your defensive line. 
We started this segment talking about busts or early struggles of inside linebackers, and I didn't bring it up because it could be a, a an hour conversation on its own. I don't have a problem cutting corner at linebacker, period. You know, like right. not spending on the Edmonds, you know, getting the the Holcombs and those type of dudes that aren't pricey and see what you get out of them and just not investing a ton there. But I'm not okay not investing in defensive linemen. Without a doubt, without a yeah, doubt. Right. And, and, you know, I think the, the thing that you have to remember, the defense played pretty well down the stretch last year. Sure. And they did a lot of that work with Robert Spillane on the field. They did. Yeah, that's what I mean. I 100% think- of the snaps. Like the last four games, <laughs> Robert Spillane never left the field. Right. Is, is that the way you want to do it? No. But if Hol- Holcomb's Spillane plus 20%, which I, I think he might be explained plus 40%. Exactly. Exactly. I was even being kind. You can win that way. That's my point is I don't know that I want to invest in inside linebackers, either financially or draft capital wise, because yeah. you only have so much, you have to cut corners somewhere. But I do want to invest in those big guys. I do want to invest in cornerbacks because cornerbacks are expensive. I do want to invest in wide receivers because wide receivers are expensive. 100%. 100%. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if if the third round rolls around and you have an 82 grade, whatever the number is, equal grade on a slot corner or an off-the-ball linebacker, I might take the slot corner. I think it's a bigger need, yeah. Yeah, right, right, for how they're constructed right now. Without a doubt, yeah. So interesting. Um, you know, it's, it's always interesting to me to look and see what other people outside the organization – who weren't around this team all the, all the time see the the team needs as and I couldn't I, I couldn't disagree more that right tackle is, is that spot. I mean I just don't get that at all. 100%. And I don't claim to know the other 31 teams as well as I know this one, but I have a pretty good understanding of them of course. It, it's easy to just say Bears biggest need is O-line. You know, like yeah, their O-line's far from perfect. But they have a starting guard. They have a starting right tackle. You know, like, there's only one or two spots really available on a bad O-line. And in this O-line, it has to be left tackle or nothing else. You can't say right tackle. You, you And it wouldn't be the number one need, period. Yeah, I, I, I just wonder if they looked at that and said, well, this is how the draft is going to break, so we're going to list this as number one need. Because mm-hmm. we think, know you know, we think Darnell Wright is going to be there. So mm-hmm. let's put him in. Let's put the, the right tackle as the, the top need for them. And they, you know, they can draft him and figure it out. Well, here's the yeah. thing. I, I think the Steelers. Yeah. That in the third round. They're trying to win games this year. Absolutely. Um, and, and they've got needs that they're going to, they're going to have to fill like a cornerback. Mm-hmm. If they take a cornerback in the first round this year, that guy's going to end up playing 400 snaps this year. Maybe a thousand. Maybe a thousand. Yeah, yeah. You know, if they if they take a nickelback, that guy's going to play four hundred or maybe eight hundred snaps. Mm-hmm. If like they if take it, Porter Banks, you want him to be a starter from day one, right? Doesn't care if they take him. a defensive tackle early. That guy's going to play three hundred snaps. Yeah, right, right, right. And maybe five hundred. Right, right, right. Not every I mean, snap. They're going to get on the field. If you take a right tackle, he may play a hundred snaps as your as your extra tight end. Or if Chooks gets hurt. Or if Chooks gets hurt. Right. Or he <laughs> learns to play left tackle and isn't ready for two years. 
So I, that's, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I get drafting for tomorrow ahead of time. Sure. But this and is a that team that's set up to win up. now. You, you've, you've got a, a quarterback on his rookie contract. You mm-hmm. want to, you want to try to win now. Right, right. No, this isn't rebuild time. This isn't the Bucks and Rams and Texans and those guys. I mean, they're yeah. trying to win the division. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but Matt, that's going to do it for the show today. Nice. That was fun. Uh, if you missed any of our show today, you can download full episodes of all of our SNR podcasts, shows such as The Drive, In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, The Steelers Blitz with Wes and Motes, The Steelers Standard with Tom and Jacob, as well as many more. They're all available on the Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, for my partner, Matt Williamson, I am Dale Lally. We thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. <laughs>